from Atlanta, Georgia in the US. All right. Cool. Thanks for taking the time to talk, man. Yeah. Thanks for having me. So, I got I got to be 100% I I've never even heard word one about your band ever. And then on Thursday or Friday, I think a good friend of mine who lives in Sweden, his name is Jacob Helenrod. He plays in Children of the Sun. Yeah, I know I I, I don't think I met him, but I, I know who it is. I, we played at the same festival a couple of years ago. Yes, back. that's that's what he told me, yeah. Oh, and yeah. so he sends me, uh, uh, we were chatting, and he sends me something. He says, you have to look at this press release. And I said, <laughs> okay. Because, you know, I, I've, been a music, I've been a music journalist for about almost 14 years now. And yeah. he said... He said, you were either going to think this is the best press release you've ever read or the worst press release you've ever read. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> send it over to me. And I read that press release. And the minute I got done reading it, I pulled up your album on Spotify. Yeah. And I, uh, Endless Optimism. And I listened yeah. to it. And I am not kidding that it is one of my favorite albums of the year so far. Whoa. Whoa. <laughs> Shit. Oh, that's uh that's a great story. I love it. <laughs> I have listened to this album probably four times and it is such a great it is the most unswedish Swedish band I've ever heard. <laughs> well, I take that as a total compliment because uh, I mean we are Swedish, but we don't really listen to that much Swedish music, to be honest. Yes. <laughs> uh, I mean, there, there's some obviously really good bands from Sweden. Oh, I, li- I love ABBA. That's, that's about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I don't listen to the, the kind of uh, bands that you would think I would listen to. But, uh, you know, the, the stuff that I grew up with, you know, like ABBA, every, everyone is like, whether they... they Admit it or not, everyone likes ABBA. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what Jacob told me. He said because he said something about ABBA once, and I was like, "Are you an ABBA fan?" He goes, "I'm Swedish." Yeah, of course I yeah. am. <laughs> yeah, it's like, I mean, you know, I don't know what what would be the same thing in in America. You have so much great culture in America. Oh my so gosh! I, I don't know. Yeah. It, it I, would be like saying that you don't like. The American flag or something. I don't know. <laughs> It'd be saying like we, yeah. you know, we don't like pizza or like you know. Yeah, whatever, yeah, yeah. You know? And that's not even yeah, American. Not. <laughs> we, we don't like but, hamburgers. Yeah. There you go. Yeah, hammer. Yeah, you hate hamburgers. <laughs> it's the worst food ever. <laughs> well, so it's it was really 
exciting for me to hear this because you know, don't get me wrong like some uh, I, I would say that probably 75 to 80 percent of the music i listen to is either finnish or swedish because oh <laughs> i mean american music right now with it with uh, you know or at least over the past you know 10 to 15 years like hasn't really excited me with the exception of a few bands but you know like over the over the past 12 13 i mean you know you've got graveyard out of yeah. you know, Sweden, you know, you've got Jess and the Ancient Ones from Finland, you got Kadavar from Germany. I mean, so, so the, and these are my favorite bands, but yeah. they have a very distinct sound that almost kind of ties into where they're from. But yeah. when I've listened to Endless Optimism, I heard elements of the Almond Brothers, Dr. Hook and the Medicine Show yeah. with with a, with a voice that sounded like Frank Zappa singing. Oh, <laughs> thanks. You know, and yeah. but like there were just some, you know, it, but there was even that kind of classic rock revival sound that kind of, you know, developed out of Britain in the 90s, like with the London Choir Boys and things like yeah. that. You yeah. know, so these are all yeah. bands that I love or have love, you know, like mm-hmm. I remember when Choir Boys album came out when I was a kid. It's like, wow, that was really something else. <laughs> I, I was uh, I was in ninth grade when the Choir Boys came out. And uh, I just remember thinking like, you know, they came out around the same time the Black Crows came out. Yeah, and yeah exactly. Like, Those two. It was the Black Crows and the Choir Boys, and yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I listened to the Choir Boys debut a lot more than. The- Black yeah. Debut, yeah. 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 I. I mean. I. I couldn't. I couldn't really protest what you're saying because I. I don't really listen to that much new music. I. I, I don't listen to music at all. I because I. I noticed uh, that I, I. I tend to write less of my own music when I do listen to music because there's so much good music out there. You know? mm-hmm. And whenever I, I'm in a like a period where I'm listening to a lot of music, I tend to not want to write another song. It's like, why should I write another song? There's already so much good stuff <laughs> out there. I mean, what's the point? I mean, you know. But I mean, I realize that you know the the songs that have to be written all over again, even about the same themes like the love, life, death, all those like big themes that we tend to write about um so but yeah but I'm, I'm really inspired by american music but i think mostly yeah all my brothers that you said also you know marshall tucker band the outlaws all that southern rock we were really inspired by that in the beginning i don't know if you have you heard any of our older albums yet or Yes, yes. Matter of fact, I was ju- I was just earlier today. I was listening to uh, the day de- uh, the debut that came out in two thousand eight, oh, and um, th- that influence really came through on the song uh, "Lost in the Woods," which I thought was such a great like. I don't know uh, everything about uh, about the sound that I've gotten has been a very southern, you know north american sound so yeah i grew up in the southeast you know so i'm that music was very familiar when i heard it which and 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 while while for us it's something really exotic you know something like like almost like mythical proportions (laughs) for a guy living 
small town in northern Sweden, you know. Uh, but it has its similarities, perhaps, I think. So how did that music reach you all the way in Sweden? Like, uh, like how, and how old were you when, when that music clicked with you? Uh, I was actually pretty old when that kind of like Southern rock bands hit me. I, I mean, I grew up like most kids in Sweden, like in the eighties, we're all like metal kids from the beginning. The whole band is like grew up and <laughs> uh, it was, you know, it was uh, Motorhead, Judas Priest, Iron Maiden, and Metallica, and later Guns N' Roses, and you know stuff like that. So, but I think it, it was I was I was in my twenties, or maybe I, I moved to Stockholm when I was eighteen. So, mm-hmm. and that kind of broadened my horizon a bit. I, you know, we had like one record store here in Houston where I live now again but uh, you know you, you took whatever you know you 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 check the heavy metal section and the rock section and it's like what is this you know i had no idea that you know our maiden had a new album come out because there was no way to find out you know <laughs> uh, uh, so it's like whoa and then so I, I i guess i was 18 19 i, I discovered the doors uh velvet underground and, and there was like bob dylan bruce springsteen uh, Bob Dylan is a huge influence for me, at, at least lyric-wise. Uh, and, you know, th- then it kind of... So I, I think I, I quit playing... I used to be a drummer in a lot of metal and, like, punk-oriented mm-hmm. bands. So, uh, then I started singing in my early 20s. And by then I was through with metal. I, I don't think I could be a very good metal singer, actually. So it's like, <laughs> that's not the reason why I quit, I think. Maybe it was. I don't know. <laughs> but uh, I wasn't a very good drummer as well. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I was too impatient to practice. You have to practice a lot to be a great drummer. And I didn't have it in me. It was too restless. <laughs> Growing up in the 80s, you know, we didn't have, like you said, access to things like, you know, the internet and things like that to kind of see what, what, what else was going on. So really the only thing that, you know, someone like me could do was to find a band that I liked. And then I would go to the record store and go, okay, who, who, who else sounds close to this that I, you know, and he would point out like three bands and then I would go buy their records, you know? Yeah. And oh. and I think it was about the same time for me, like I guess when I was about 22, 23, was that that kind of more melodic sound, yeah. you know, like I got really yeah. into like the Grateful Dead and stuff yeah. and started you know, following bands around and smoking oh, okay. a lot of pot and stuff. Yeah, and yeah. yeah, but that music, not so much that it's easier to play, but it's almost it's it's more like it, it it's it's a time more timeless thing to play because I feel like it's it's a style of music that we can play even into our much older years, and it's not yeah. as physically demanding. You know? yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, I I don't think we have even seen yet how old these kind of really like trash death black metal bands can get. I mean, we know that. 
Rolling Stones, they can be really fucking old and, and play this music. And they probably will for another 10 years as well. But I mean, for, for, for music that like kind of tends to be more like sports, <laughs> like last <laughs> beat, it's like it's a physical limit to how long you're going to be able to play that, I think. Uh, I mean, Slayer, they retired now because of his oh, yeah. like problems or whatever. Uh, but I think that would be interesting if I li- live long enough to see how, how long these fans can put up with that <laughs> insane sportsmanship. <laughs> I had a conversation with a friend of mine over dinner last week and we were talking about all the bands that we love and I was like and I said isn't it weird to think though that in our lifetime so many of these great bands are going to die like be gone like they're going to yeah. die you know which is yeah. inevitable but yeah. and so to kind of echo back to what you were saying was that you know I totally get the concept of why should I write this song or play this music because someone else is doing it it to me it's keeping it alive if that makes sense yeah i mean i i know i i know that but it's just something that i get i mean some people some musicians that i know have to listen to a lot of music to get inspired i realize that i'm i'm the opposite i tend to also like unconsciously start stealing <laughs> stuff <laughs> you know that i that i it's like whoa this is a really great song like whoa listen to this and it's like Hey, that's an old Bob Dylan song. It's like, really? Yeah, it is. Okay. You know, I want to be as uninfluenced about everything as mm-hmm. possible when I when I write. So you guys have been around for 14 years. No, like, 16. 16. Sorry, 16 yeah. years. Yeah, of we, course. We I... put out our first album in 2008, so that, that's 14 years ago. Like, that. that is... Uh good long time for a band to be together that's longer than any band i've ever been in like you know. yeah me too me too <laughs> it's uh we, this was the actually uh the first time we i had some review from i think from spanish magazine uh, last week for the album and they said uh uh on underground the hard rock veterans veterans <laughs> and i'm like yes we're finally veterans <laughs> i mean yeah and, and that's that's the thing that we wanted from the beginning because we were only in our 30s when we started this band and we thought we were kind of old to start a band in our 30s mm-hmm. some some of them were under 30 as well but i was i was 35 and i'm 51 now so mm-hmm. and then we were like yeah I can't wait till we've been doing this for like, I don't know, 16 years or something. And like people start seeing us as a veteran band because those are the kind of people that I look up to, those who have been around for a long time, you know? Right. Well, so let me ask you this because obviously like we're we're very close in age and of the same generation. Um, Was it hard for you to like to evolve alongside technology as it changed over the years from a music from a musical standpoint or was it kind of exciting for you that you're like okay i've got to keep up with technology in order to not get lost yeah i mean it was 
it was easy for me because I I, I really uh, love the new technology. I I mean, it's like I have friends to say that you know, like you should just put an end to the internet. You know, just put kill it. <laughs> it's like it's no good. I can understand in a way what they're saying because, but I I think that. You know, to have the opportunities, when I grew up, uh, I was just spending my days uh, drawing a lot, painting. I'm also an artist. I do, like, record covers and mural paintings and stuff. I've been doing Oh, that wow. Stuff. Okay. Yeah. That's another interview, perhaps. <laughs> I, lo- I love that. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah you can check out Charlie Gromberg underscore art at Instagram. You can see my my, my stuff. There. Oh, I would love that. I'd love to go check yeah. that out. Yeah. I did the latest Helicopters album. Did you, you do that, that cover? Yeah, yeah. That is amazing. Wow. <laughs> you know, well, and that's interesting because did did your art, like as far as painting and drawing and stuff, did that kind of go hand in hand with music for you or did one come yeah. first? Yeah, the, the art came much earlier because I've been like painting and drawing uh, for before I can even remember. I mean, mm-hmm. my mom used to say that she was a, a teacher and she brought this like big rolls of paper that she just I remember this the whole way and I just lay there for hours and painted. So I've been doing that like that's just something that's so natural that I do all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, don't even think about it but i've been uh i've been living off my art for 20 years at least now i think uh so yeah the, i mean since i do all our record covers um except for the last uh, the one before this one my friend did because i was so out of ideas <laughs> but and i also do like our music videos and uh yeah, I think it's uh, for me. It's like all art. Our music is art, and and uh, I'm very like it's, uh, it's very important with that. You know, the, the album covers has always been important, mm-hmm. even when I was a kid. And you know, listening to that Power Slave uh, or whatever it was, our maiden watching the cover. You know, was they were. Nerd. So- I used to love those records, you know, because there were so many things to look at and see all the little yeah. hidden symbols and, oh, can you find the little Mickey Mouse and whatever. But exactly. And then and then album art kind of disappeared with CDs because it, but now yeah. with the the vinyl resurgence over the past, you know, eight years or so, like you're getting some incredible artwork again. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I love that. For me, I've been doing record covers for yeah over twenty years, and for me, it's you know, it's it's very welcome. It's so much more fun to you know to start. It's like now most of the bands that I do a, a cover for, uh, they do both vinyl and CD. So I always start with the vinyl. It's like I don't really care about the CD. I, I do an album cover, then you shrink it. You know, like you used to do when the CD was new. You know. Right. So I don't. I don't care that it's supposed to like be really clear to read everything on a CD. I don't care. Yeah. Uh, maybe the record company have something to say about it sometimes, but most of the time it's. I, I think vinyl, even though it's. I mean, it, it's not 
it's easy to think that vinyl is huge now, but it's not. It's not huge. If you compare record sales, I mean, CD is still the biggest medium. If you take the whole world, like in Japan, they still buy CDs like crazy. Germany oh. as well. I was just going to say, like, and it's so, it's kind of surprising to me too, because, you know, you would, you would think it would be kind of a medium that wouldn't still be thriving, but, you know, bands still come through town and go on tour and they sell probably more yeah. CDs than they do vinyl, mainly just because it's a little yeah. more affordable for people to buy. I don't buy CDs anymore. I, I either buy vinyl or listen to Spotify because I never really liked the CD. It was like, when it came, I think it destroyed the, I'd like the album artwork. So I've never been a big fan of CDs. So, but I think it's a, yeah, back to the thing that you started asking about the new <laughs> technique. Cause I, I think it's fantastic with Spotify. I mean, it, even if they, they pay us artists very poorly, I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's a, but for me as a consumer, it's, I mean, to, to just have the the history of recorded music one tap away, it's amazing. And also, I mean, I use uh, I use my iPad to sketch now. If I'm gonna do a paint a big wall or something, I use my Apple Pencil, and that's just something that I think it's amazing. And and you can record simple or pretty complex demos in GarageBand that comes for free in every iPhone. You know, it's. Mm -hmm like a 24 channel studio. If I had that when I was a kid, you know, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe we would I wouldn't have been, sit here today. <laughs> I know, we, we would have been so excited because I, you know, I remember my first demo tape ever with uh, my heavy metal band in 1992. We had a yeah. four track recorder, but only yeah. one only one channel worked. And so okay. We had a microphone plugged in and we threw it over the rafter of our rehearsal room and just hung yeah. it in the, and then we just, <laughs> it yeah. was terrible sounding, but, you know? Yeah, but can't you like think back to those days and because I, I had the exact, we had four channels working actually. Oh, well, <laughs> you had three more than me. Yeah, luxury. <laughs> uh, no, but we, uh, I remember how, incredibly creative we were when we were doing those because I, I think you had to like if you if you put down drums on like one channel then mm -hmm. uh, bass and one guitar and then vocals and then in order to have like back backing vocals you had I mean, to like you had to put bounce stuff the together. tracks yes yeah, yeah yeah so it was like how oh, we do this and you know like you 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 always kept the most important parts. So you had to uh -huh. be really careful, you know, what you did. Now you can record a whole bunch of stuff and, you know, see later what you're gonna be keeping. And that's harder. I mean, it's it's okay because usually we have a, like a pretty clear vision, like before we even record a song, what we wanna do. But I think it's, it, and I know it's hard for some people to have too many opportunities you know like maybe we should put a string quartet here and or maybe no maybe some horns you know like you can you can do everything so it's uh, kind of exhausting <laughs> it, it it i agree with you it's funny because it's like we've been given somehow like a lot more options than we were giving it given as kids yeah. but we, yeah 
you have to kind of restrain yourself from going, huh, yeah. can I, can I really do like 13 guitar tracks? Like, mm -hmm. when, you know, in yes. different keys, you know, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. do I want to do 13 guitar? Probably not, you know? Uh, <laughs> well, so speaking of recording and everything, um, the new album, it mm. like, it's got such a, you know, again, it's got such a warm, kind of classic sound to it now did you do you guys go the analog process when it comes to recording or do you guys go digital and yeah i mean it's there's no point in doing the analog process these days because sooner or later you have to transform that analog tape into a digital uh, mastering board yeah then you have to put it into zeros and ones to go up on I mean, you lose that. I don't know. Some say it's like, oh, but it's another warmth, you know, when you record on tape. Maybe that's true. I don't know. We, as long, I mean, I, I've been recording on tape uh, in previous bands. And, you know, of course, when you grew up, because there wasn't any option to it. But, but with this band, ever since the first album, we started recording that in 2007 and came out in 2008. So it's all been digital. And I don't know. I don't have a, Problem. I mean, the thing also with us is that a lot of people, and I understand that, that they see like this kind of like retro sounding band, which we are. I mean, we intentionally don't use like we would never do like loops or stuff like that or drum machines. I, right. I shouldn't say never, but I, I'm pretty sure we, we like to be a band that kind of like lives and breathes a bit more but well you don't uh, have to because you've actually got a capable band right so like if you've yeah, got all the people yeah. like why would you want to go use a drum yeah. <laughs> you know? no, like, i also remember like back in the 90s when you know all these metal bands used like distorted loops like chop up all the guitars and and i, I remember thinking that this would sound really unmodern in, a, in time. It sounded really like on the edge and modern there. And it really sounds really unmodern now because while we, we try to like be a band that could come out today or 50 years ago, you know, that's, mm -hmm. but uh, I mean, we have a lot of modern influence. I, I listen to all kind of music. When I do listen to music, I listen to, uh, I don't listen to a lot of rock music. It could be, Classic music, electronic music, even like Swedish gangster rap or, you know, <laughs> stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> I think some of it is pretty good. Uh, I almost don't want to admit it, but I do. <laughs> that's something that's very good for any artist to do. Kind of like what you were talking about earlier about how listening to some music can kind of shape how you're going to write a song. And because we might steal a little something. Because yeah. you said that Dylan was a huge yeah. influence on you. I noticed that right away when I heard Young and Dumb. Like, to yeah, me, okay. that was a Dylan lyric right away. That's, oh, that's, well, thank you. I take that as a big compliment. <laughs> so funny with that specific song, because I heard now this is the third artist that it's been, because I think that the, the way I sing and the, and the verses is kind of different. I never sang like that before. Oh, uh, yeah, but, uh, but my friend, 
he, he said, who is a hardcore musician, he said that, I, I can't believe I'm saying this, but it actually sounds a bit like Motorhead. <laughs> and I was like, whoa, I never, I never heard that about me. And I don't think I will hear it again, but it's, it's, it, it, it's interesting. And you said Dylan, so it's like a, a lot of different people in there. <laughs> Dylan, Iggy, uh, Lemmy. <laughs> So, yeah. With a sound like, you know, Hells in the Underground is that it's, it's like, obviously, you, there's a lot of influences in there, but instead of just sounding like one, there's little bits of everything in there. And some things that appeal to me as a listener, I go, oh, I hear that Dylan, or I hear, hear that Almond Brothers, because those, that's what I love, you know, and the fact that someone heard Motorhead in there. Now that you've said that, I might go back and listen and go, oh, I do hear some Lemmy there. You know what I mean? Now, I heard more Dylan and Zappa, you know? <laughs> I don't think so. I, I, I can't hear it myself, but <laughs> yeah, but I, I think there's a lot of, I mean, yeah, 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 I think that's more correct. You're, you're, you're the winner in this uh, comparison competition. <laughs> Uh, but I think I think it's it's kind of boring for for bands. There's a lot of bands nowadays. I think that they only have like one influence. It's like okay, we like ACDC, so we sound exactly like ACDC, or we like Led Zeppelin, so we're gonna try to sound exactly like Led Zeppelin or Metallica or you know whatever. I I hear that a lot, and you know it, it can be okay, but for me it's kind of boring. Why would I listen to uh, like? Uh, half-ass copy of Led Zeppelin when there's the real Led Zeppelin. You know? I mean, that's just me. I mean, fine. If they want to do that, if other people want to listen to it, but I'm not interested, you know. See, and to me, that's what I love about, you know, a, a lot of the newer bands that I've, or not so much newer bands, but bands over the past 10 years or so, is that, you know, again, especially the bands from Sweden and Finland and Germany or whatever, like, everybody seems to have a sound that really attracts me, but doesn't make me feel like I'm listening to something that's been done, but done better. You know, like, I feel like I've heard bands before that sound like Zeppelin and I'm like, you know, Greta Van Fleet. And I'm like, if I want to listen to Led Zeppelin, I'm going to go listen to Zeppelin. I'm not going to listen to a band that sounds just like them, but you know, like with the songs on Endless Optimism, one of the things I loved is that, you know, even though you've got this kind of a core sound, because it seems like you, because you have so many different influences, each song seems to kind of pull a little heavier from a different influence each time as opposed to one. How do you do that? Like, how do you, I mean, is it, is it like a, con, like, like do you do it without thinking or like how do you do that yeah i think i've been from the from the beginning of this band i mean i've been playing in a lot of all of us have been playing in a lot of like really like unsuccessful bands that didn't make it anywhere and i think it was i mean when you're younger you're more like insecure and you're like you want to sound like your favorite band or whatever, but right, I, I think I realized before even starting this band that if I'm gonna do this again, I had a like a big uh, break from music for like five years where I didn't 
write any music. I mean, I, I did some. I hung around with a guy in a studio just playing around, but no band or anything. But I, I told myself that if I'm going to do a band again, I'm going to... I'm gonna have to do, uh, you know, try to like isolate what is what is me, you know, mm-hmm. try to be as much me as possible. And together with the other guys in the band, I, I always told them like, I said, how do you want me to play in the beginning of, of this band? I was like, mm-hmm. I, I wanted to, to, I want you to play like you, like w- what you love. That that will be the most interesting thing. For this song if you just be you don't try to I, i'm not gonna drop any influences what i wanted to sound like i'm gonna i'm not gonna play you a song that maybe something like this uh, i just think that uh, that's always been important for us to to be as much us as possible so i think and then you can draw from different stuff i mean i've, I've been i've been you know if people knew this i've been drawing a lot of influence from abba from hip-hop from you know, like electronic music, even just like some melody parts or you know, like a feeling or an atmosphere or, you know, classic music, jazz, you know, it's like a mixture that goes through the filter of <laughs> of me and the band, sort of, and then it becomes hopefully something original, you know. Well, I like I said, in listening to the music i was so taken back because there's nothing more exciting for me than discovering a new band that you've never heard before and then all of a sudden being like oh where has this band been all my life you know and so of course i went back and i listened to all the albums and again like you you and i were talking about like you know being close in age and in the same generation like it's pretty inspiring to know that at our age, like you can still find some moderate success in a band. So how does that make you feel at 51 to be like, wow, I'm getting some credibility here that I didn't get when I was in my twenties. Yeah. It's fantastic. You know, what do they say? Youth is wasted on the young, you know, you heard that we're proof of that, right? Like you mean, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, in in some ways, you could like have wished up like success. I don't know if we we never saw ourselves as a successful band, but I mean, I mean, for us, we are successful. I mean, that's this is what we. I mean, now we have our own studio. Can record as much as we want. We we are able to tour at least Europe. A dream is to come over to the States, as has always been a, a main goal for us to <laughs> come over to the States. It's like a dream that we hope will happen someday. And I mean, yeah, it's I think it's nice to know that. I mean, we we when we started, uh, we we were as I said, we were in our thirties, and we we. When people ask me, "Oh, what kind of music are you playing?" It's like, like old man's rock, like beard rock, you know, like all these like people were like, "What? What? What, what do you mean?" <laughs> like, yeah, like old people's music that's like much older than us. I mean, all our idols are like 
twice the age almost, you know, Bob Dylan and all those guys. But uh, so, yeah, I think it's great. And it, it feels also like this is, as you mentioned earlier, this is some, this is kind of music that we could do until we're really old, like really fucking old. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's not a limit. I mean, I can see myself pulled up in a wheelchair and, you know, like, young and dumb. <laughs> as long as long as my fingers still work, yeah, I don't no care if anything else works, doesn't work, you know, like I just want to uh, be, if I can play, I'm going to play, you know. Well, what are your plans now? You, the album's coming out or the album's out already. And like, yeah. I, I'm get, are you guys doing some shows now? Or are you waiting till the new year to go out and start playing again? Yeah, we had a, a release party in Stockholm uh, on a boat. We rented a big boat and it was our first sold out show in, in Stockholm, actually. And it's, it's hard for a rock band to do that in Stockholm. Uh, Congratulations, by the so way. So we were really... Oh, thanks, thanks. It was, it was like a big wobbly boat of pirates, you know. People, they were really happy, the, the owners of the boat, they were really happy because they had never sold so much beer on any show before. They're like, yeah, our fans are pretty thirsty. Like, yeah, welcome back anytime, man. Anytime. <laughs> um, so they were really happy. It was, yeah, it was like, a, we called it the Helsingan Underground re- release rumble, and that felt like more like a rumble than a concert. It's like a... a Big boat of drunken pirates. <laughs> I've seen footage of you guys playing pool parties. That's pretty fucking awesome. <laughs> that was during the pandemic. That was kind of only, you know, they had this, maybe in the States as well, but they had this limit on 50 people. You could play for 50 people. Yeah. So we did a few of those. And yeah, a pool party. Uh, that, was, that was great. <laughs> and And... Peter also jumped in a pool with his clothes on during the last song or something. I think it's in the video for Hustling Around. Have you seen that? That's the, the one I saw. Around video. Ah, ah, that's from there. Uh, totally unplanned. Everyone was like, what the hell? <laughs> but about the future. Plans. Yeah, we have, we have a uh, book tour in Spain. We toured a lot of, in Spain. Uh, so we, I think we have our biggest audience in Spain, actually. Uh, that's where the uh, we've been playing like big festivals and touring there a couple of times. So. so we have a lot of like really hardcore fans in Spain. I don't know what it is with Spain, but we love Spain. Has always loved Spain. Everyone in this band loves Spain. We all want to live there instead of this freezing cold Sweden. <laughs> and I don't know, it's just something we connect with the Spaniards. <laughs> so uh, and then we have. Um, we have a, a before that we have a thing that I can't really talk about, but it's it's a kind of a concert or many concerts, but it's a special kind of concert that I can't say it yet. I will get back to you on that uh, that we are planning for right now, and and we also we have some Swedish shows uh, booked, uh, but it's it's kind of hard to uh, these days to get a, a like a proper tour in Sweden for a band on our level. It was much easier in the beginning because Mm -hmm. it was, uh, we had this like 
all, all cities had like a hotel where they had like a discotheque and they had a, like a rock bar in the in the basement and we could play there sometimes they would even like stop the disco for an hour or two and we could play a show and then like again um <laughs> it was like really weird but it was a lot of more opportunities i mean these days it's like mainly we had a summer tour this this last summer for a week mm -hmm. and that was it was really nice but there was some festivals and and uh, uh, great like outdoor stages kind of thing like you know big park for three thousand people it was uh, it was a free show but the the city paid for it uh mm. katrina holm and uh, yeah similar stuff like that it's easier in the summer because it's so cold and people you know mm, i don't want to get out you know it's cold <laughs> we, we used to tour germany a lot uh, back in the day as well but then we had like a fallout with our German booking company and we haven't really recovered in Germany after that. Uh, so we still, I mean, we had some some shows booked when the pandemic struck. So mm -hmm. we'll see if we can pick up that thread again. So we'll see. And hopefully the States, we have our threads out in, in the States. One guy in California was shopping around, you know, some contacts, but you know, you know, you don't know where it's such a big country, so you don't know where to start. Even you know, I mean, a dream, a dream situation. If anyone listens out there who has a, like a venue, a club, or something, a dream situation would would be to you know, pretty big city. I think it must be, but to come to one place and play there every night. You know, because we know, and this is not bragging, we know that whatever audience we play for. We 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 uh, kind of lure them in, <laughs> you know. They, they 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 can they can come in to a show and have never heard anything about us or our music before. And by the end of the show, uh, they walk away as fans. That's just a fact. <laughs> so we are we are a really good live band, and and we know that the next time we come there, there's gonna be more people and. You know, so it's all a matter of continuity. So I think to go to the States and just play like one place or maybe two places or something like that, I know we could like pull a bigger and bigger crowd. So you have to, I mean, we're getting old, so there's a lot of cities in America to do that. But <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've seen bands, I've seen bands do, do it really well. Um, you know, Graveyard has, does really well here in the States. Lucifer does well here. And, and I think you're right. I think it's also, if you can get on a good tour, expose yourself to an audience. Yeah. If you're a good enough band, like you can capture that audience. And I mean, yeah. just listening to the album captured me. So I can only imagine what it would be like if I saw you live. We're better live, I think. Or, mm -hmm. I mean, a, lo a lot of us. People say that I love your albums, but once I saw your live, it's like a whole different thing. It's another level of expressions or whatever they say. You know, it's uh, I don't know what, what that is. I mean, I think with this album, we, we really tried to uh, capture that live feeling more than we have on the, the previous albums. So, but it, I mean, it is a different thing because it's most visual and you know louder volume. And <laughs> mm -hmm. 
but then you also have the physical energy of seeing, you know, five guys, six guys, or however many are going to be there at the time. You know what I mean? Like actually performing and sweating. And I mean, I can already tell just by, again, by, just by listening to the music that there's, that your live show is going to be a high energy show. Yeah, they are. And, and it's a lot, lot of like connection with the, with the audience. I, I focus on the audience all the time. It's like, if I see one guy in the back just standing like this, like I try to get him smiling, you know, that's my <laughs> goal for the, for the evening, you know? So, I mean, we're not at like shoegazing band. You know, stuff like this. So we're we're really like much about like reaching out and, and you know drag them in and, and like in the best nights it's all like it's no real limit between the stage and the audience. It's like one big mass of energy. That's like the goal that we have mm -hmm. every night. So uh, people can tell that. People know when they're seeing something real and you know, my favorite, yeah. some of my favorite shows are the shows that at the end of the show, I'm exhausted, you know, from just being like, oh, there's so much energy like that. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I'm going home now. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's the goal. <laughs> and also there's a lot of improvisation going on on our shows as well. It's like not mm -hmm. one concert is exactly like other. I mean, there's a lot of like whoa, what happened in that song that took another turn? I mean, we have some places, it's not like we improvise, like all of a sudden uh, in a verse, <laughs> a guitar solo or something, but I mean, some places that are open for, you know, if we get the feeling, it's like, then you can get carried away and do whatever, you know, and people have to be like on their toes and just catch on to that guy, you know. So there's a lot of improvisation, jamming and stuff. That's the best part of that kind of music too, is because, you know, you're not so locked in to having to do things so structurally, you know, so if the moment calls for it and like, you're really feeling something right then and there, you could act on it and not feel like you're throwing the whole song away. you know. And also act if there's something going on in the audience, you can act up on that and pick that up. It's like, I think that that's, that's what I love about playing live is that there's no other situation where you are so in the now. It's like a big, massive super now. It's like you just, you're so there and you pay attention to what the other guys are doing in the band and what the audience are doing, and the, you know, the, the atmosphere in the room and, you know, everything. It's like it, the more energy we get from the, the crowd that, the more we give back and it's like waves like this is mm -hmm. magic. I mean, there's no other way to describe it, I think. Well, so one last thing before we go is I have to ask you about this press release that drew me in. Your 16 year old daughter wrote this. Did she write this a hundred percent on her own? Yeah. Uh, she, uh, she, uh, she spoke it and I wrote it down and I, I uh, tried to get her to, to write something positive as, as it say in the, uh, but she was like, she was doing something else. She was, she was baking a cake in the kitchen. It's like, and I, I have been doing this for 16 years, writing press release for every re release. 
I was like, I can't do this anymore. I like, oh, Elfin Lalonegar is back with her strongest album to date. Oh, it's, uh, it's, you know, it's, it's such a cliche. I, I felt like I was lying or something. It's like, can't, can't you, can't you, can you write a press release? I was like, what the hell is a press release? No, it's just something for journalists and stuff to become interested in our band. And she said, why would anyone be interested in your band? <laughs> yeah, okay, maybe we should start there. Why would anyone? Okay, keep on going. She said, be nasty now, come on. <laughs> I know you can do this. And she just kept on going. Like, okay, but what, what is it you're going to be promoting? Oh, did you know that we have a, a new album coming out? Oh, an album. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, an album. Oh, that you can play on that thing in your living room. You know, that the, the black thing that spins around. Exactly. Why would anyone want to play music from something that old and stupid? It's like, <laughs> it's just hard even to put it on. I, I mean, how could I get anyone interested? And I, I just kept on writing. So I, I wrote everything that she was just saying to me. I wrote it down, you know. <laughs> And then, and I, I, as I said, I, I pushed her to at least say something uh, positive, but I also pushed her to, okay, I know you can be meaner than this. Come on, be mean. Like, and then <laughs> she started to talk about how we smelled like Germany. Even if we haven't been on tour in Germany, you always like Germany when you come back. doesn't matter if you've been to Spain or in Sweden or any other country, you always smell like Germany because that was... <laughs> One thing that she said when she was like eight, eight or something when we were in Germany, I came back from Germany and every time I was like, oh, dad, you smell like Germany. <laughs> <laughs> because we hadn't showered on the bus for three days straight or something. <laughs> I just loved it because the first line of the whole thing it says my dad and his gang of smelly bearded geezers release another record. Good for them. The minute I read this, I was like, wait a minute. Yeah. Smelly beater, bearded geezer. That's me. I should probably listen to this. <laughs> so, I actually even wrote your PR person, John Freeman, who I've known for many years, and um, to set this interview up. And I told him, I said, that dude's daughter needs a job, man. Like that is, she, yeah. I hope she gets a good job doing this because that was incredible. She actually has gotten three offers from from like promotion firms in stockholm after this like she's welcome to come work for us anytime <laughs> it's like and i said you know yesterday a big like a national radio station called me up and said that this press release is fantastic would you like to come here and bring your daughter so we could interview i like i i told them like i don't think she will want to do this but i will ask and he, she was like no, why the hell would I do something like that? I was like, because they're interested, because you wrote the press release of the fucking century. <laughs> she's like, she don't get it. But it, uh, she's funny. <laughs> she's mean and funny. <laughs> she's mean and funny. <laughs> well, I'll be honest, Charlie, it, it was a great press release. It obviously did a great job because it turned me on to your band and I have to say, I absolutely love you guys, and I love Endless Optimism. It's definitely one of my favorite albums of this year, and uh, 
man, I really appreciate you taking the time to to talk to me today and to be on my podcast. Um, I'm the one who should thank you. I, I haven't been doing a lot of like these kind of interviews with the states before. This is like, yeah, I've been doing some like mail interviews and stuff earlier on, but this is face to face. This is like the first couple of interviews that I'm doing right now today, and you are the third today. Well, how do you like it? Do you like it better than the the typing and you know? Yeah, yeah, much, much more. This is feels like being at your place, watching your guitars and stuff. And and you seem like a nice person. I'd love to. <laughs> we need to keep in touch too, so that way I can get you here to Atlanta to take over. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. <laughs> really nice talking to you. <laughs> it was great talking to you too, and good luck with the album. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Talk to you soon. Have a nice night. childhood town watching the days go by in this altered times i've been around the world and i destroyed what i saw i'm really sorry to tell you i might have ruined it all i had so many chances i guess i blew them all i say i'm all right most of the time even when i'm filled with pain Cause now we need excuses to keep on being ourselves